0: Cool.
1: All right, we've got, would you consider Westerlin a legend, Fern, or is he just like a normal Ooh. person? Answer carefully, Fern.
2: He's <laughs> a, definitely a legend. It's just a, 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 up for debate as for what?
1: <laughs> well, I think there's a handful of <laughs> people. On,
2: yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: There's a handful of people on staff, the CrossFit Level 1 staff, that are very highly regarded, especially amongst staff but then outside of staff, they're kind of insignificant. And I think Westerlin is in that category. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. I'm not even
0: significant in my own house. So I, if I can just be significant amongst a
1: couple of friends on staff, that's a victory. Well,
2: I mean, if you could make it on network TV like your wife did, then you might be there.
1: <laughs> I, I, we need more videos of Cruise, by the way. That video from about a week ago – was amazing.
0: Oh, the YouTube video?
1: Well, the one you did where he was kind of at the table, he calls out Jocko, he talks oh, about Top Gun, and Back yeah. to the Future 2. I mean, yeah, 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 Did he write that whole speech? Yeah, I mean, obviously he's 10, so I helped
0: him like organize his, his thoughts a little bit, but he wrote, it was his idea, and yeah, he wrote it, so. It was a very well-organized chat
1: from a 10-year-old.
0: You know he wants to do another one, and what he's got going on in the backyard right now, I wish I could. It's right out this window. He's he wanted to make a we made a bushcrafting squirrel uh, trap, so out of just and it's set up right now, and it's on. uh, I think it's gonna work. So if I if I look out the window and I see a squirrel going for it, I'm gonna I'll turn the camera on there for you guys.
2: Do you guys have a squirrel problem?
0: No, I think he just it's the post apocalypse. He'd like got it.
2: It's like, I should He'd probably like, sharpen up my skills.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, his skills are pretty sharp, but I think he wants to, the point of this is he wants to share it with the world. So I think he wants his uh, second YouTube video to be gathering sticks for a squirrel trap. So.
1: <laughs> I, you know, I want, we, we you know, we joked around, but someone we all really um, respect on staff, very smart guy, uh, running the MDL ones that we're going to talk about. But I have a personal question I want to ask you before we dive into business you to me are a very, you're a great father, but also very progressive, as is Fern. But my question to you is, when Cruz is, you know, at that age, you know, graduating high school, are you going to encourage him to go to college, or are you going to encourage him to become an entrepreneur? Because I oh, feel like
2: shit. This boom. is a, this is a, this is a rabbit hole right here. But I dude. feel
1: like Westerlin is just. Both of you guys are great fathers. Um, I see, you know, obviously Cruz is older than Logan and Chappie, so the interaction's different. But I feel like Westerland's really good about that. I want to hear your opinion. Yeah, so I, I know we don't have a ton of time, but uh, I,
0: I'm very careful um, to not tell him, like, absolutely, you have to go to college. It's what everybody does. Um, I, I'm very careful about whenever he brings that up, like, so when I go to college – as if it's just a matter of fact, something that's going to happen. I don't, I try not to, I try not to be that way. I think we grew up thinking that if you didn't go to college, you were going to just be, that that's just it. Um, That said, I have really high academic standards for him and high standards for him being organized. Um, He's got to do all of his schoolwork and then some, as far as, you know, developing his mind. So, uh, you know, I, I think, I want to push him towards that. Already we are. We want to push him towards that combination of what it's like, it's gotta be, what are you good at? And what do you excel at? And so if he's got straight A's when he is, you know, in high school and uh, I mean, the college will be there as an opportunity. So I would hate to be like, college isn't important. And so then that is, that becomes a total package of like disregard for academics and working hard or something like that. But on the other end, I don't want him to think that that's the only route and the only path. So I don't know how good of a a response that is in 60 seconds, but, um, it's just, uh, we, we push him to be the best he can possibly be in all areas of life. And so if he wants to be an entrepreneur at the age of 18 or 19, he'll be ready for it. If he wants to you know, join the military, he'll be ready for it. And if he wants to go to school, he'll be ready for it. So whatever. Or
1: just get a job. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. And, you know, like Fern, maybe he has the goal of being a Division One athlete. Cruz is Cruise isn't quite the wrestler, right? He's uh, he's pretty good. But, you know,
0: we, we've adopted very much of a CrossFit-inspired uh, mindset as far as Cruz Cruise- engages in like 13 different sports so rather than trying to make him super good at one thing i mean we really um he has a well-rounded physical education so he's good at wrestling but he's not he's not amazing but that'll come i I think that might
2: be the biggest mistake most parents make these days single sport Uh,
0: oh man i mean it's uh that's a whole
1: that's a whole podcast in itself right 100 percent. it could be sometime that, that was my only knock of Cruz's video. That workout was a little easy, dude. Like, you can let him know I said that, too. Five <laughs> rounds of five deadlifts, five burpees. Come on. It was five deadlifts
0: and ten burpees.
1: Or even sti- – what oh, was it, the old games workout? From I was like going to say, that was an
0: old
2: games workout. 275 was the weight.
0: My wife still has the world record on that, as far as I know. That's why we picked that workout. All right. All right. What, what,
2: what was the time on that, Joe?
1: Oh, you'd have to – somebody would have to do a – It would have to be
2: like – around five minutes
1: no no back in the day it was 275 for men and i could do it under five so the best of the best were probably in the threes her time was about a minute
0: excuse me her time was about a minute faster than second place i know that
1: oh wow you know and not everybody knows who joe's wife is we're talking about libby dibiase um former how many times was she a games athlete
0: well, she was at the individual in '08, and then competed pregnant in '09, and then was team. Uh, after that, '11 went on uh, the Crossford Omaha teams that placed on the podium. I am so bad at memory. They got second 2010, 2011.
1: Something. Do like you that. think she's to date the only person that's ever competed pregnant? No. I don't. I, no, probably not. I have. I don't know that for sure. I think Byrne did.
2: Uh, that's Every what else. helped me back in 2012. That's why I didn't make it. I was pregnant.
1: All right, Fern, take the lead on this. You know, Joe westerlin you've been on the the seminar staff for it's got to be over 10 years, over 300 seminars, Flowmaster, all that good stuff, all those credentials. But Fern, you go ahead and take the first question. westerlin is really the head honcho behind the MDL ones.
2: Yeah. So I think the the big question people have is. What is different about the MDL one? So I think at this point everybody knows that they're a thing, but I think there is this aura of kind of secrecy that goes around them. So if you could just kind of pull the veil back on that a little bit and kind of explain to people like what that is and what the purpose is, because
0: a lot of people know it's a thing but don't really know why it's there or what it's about. Sure. So um, it's very kind of you to say the head honcho behind them. I I <laughs> I've been the flow master on all of them except for one, but um you know any of our talented flow masters know could do it, and that that's me saying that first and foremost, following it up with this um it in terms of following it up with your question, Jason, on how it's different than the rest of them the curriculum is exactly the same um there's a guest speaking engagement uh almost every single time from greg glassman there's a networking element to the m d l one where the attendees have the opportunity, several opportunities, to network and socialize with um, all of the guests of the DDC, and the DDC being the, uh, it's kind of the alumni group. Once you attend an MDL-1, you're invited back for a, a DDC, which stands for Derelict Doctors' Club. Um, that's when, uh, and so that those two events go on at the same time in the same building. Uh, so that answers the, you know, the question of how is it different. In, in terms of content, it's not different. I think it's the weekend that surrounds it that makes it different. And then, of course, that it is a, a closed private uh, level one that it is just for DMDs uh, and DOs, just for doctors. Um, and the, the purpose of it, uh, it's a CrossFit Health uh, initiative. CrossFit Health is, as Greg would describe it, Exploring the ills of modern medicine. Uh, so the, uh, the MDL one is our, our doctors that are, uh, Greg would tell you, we're maybe looking to radicalize you more than you already are. And he always speaks kind of, he speaks like that. But what he really means is there's a group of doctors and if they're doing CrossFit, um, they obviously, most of them support different, uh, different type of dietary recommendations than maybe what the norm uh, would support. And a different type of exercise than the norm would support, and so it's really just an opportunity to get these folks together and network like-minded physicians around the around the country and
1: around the world. From, think. Uh, Good. Good. From your perspective, you've probably been the Flow Master at 200 plus seminars. What what's easier and what's more challenging to be the Flow Master at an MDL one? Sure, the content is the same you know, so I'm assuming, you know, fitness, squats, breakout groups, etc. But there's got to be some things that are like, okay, this is a little harder, or maybe this is a little easier.
0: Um, You know, a
1: lot of people, I think you could both attest
0: to this, anytime you have, you have certain participants in the crowd, and you know that they come from maybe a exercise physiology background, or you know that they come from a medical background. Sometimes the staff can have reservations and be like, oh, man, I bet we're going to get a a bunch of questions with this group um and i actually or maybe a bunch of questions that challenge what you're saying um i've come to find that the buy-in has been extraordinary uh, ver like we've run into almost uh, you know, nobody that's got points that they want to argue about the actual uh, content and curriculum of the level one so in in some ways i I think it's almost easier. I was going in thinking it was going to be tough, and when you're giving nutrition lectures and what is fitness lectures, that you're going to run into uh, maybe some pushback. And to honestly, it hasn't been that at all. So I think that's actually, if anything, easier—the uh, same or easier than a regular course. Um, you know, the maybe the movement—the the average participant seems a little bit less experienced in terms of their movement mechanics. Uh, It might kind of remind you of, I don't know when you started working seminars, but uh, in the early days, you know, you'd have three or four good movers, really good movers. And then everybody else was pretty new. I think maybe that's a
2: nice way to describe that, Joe. Yeah.
0: I I think that, I think that maybe, you know, these are, these are full-time professionals. Not that every other attendee of the level one isn't, but these folks spent... (laughs) 12 years um in school and uh they're busy busy folks and so you know maybe I'm talking like a trainer nerd right now but maybe you notice that there's a little bit more I don't know joint tightness and postural issues but um it's really not that different um they're professional students so uh I don't know. I'm sure my test scores look pretty good just because of uh, teaching that course. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
2: how many? How many? Do you guys know what the total number? How many doctors have been through the MBL one?
0: I'm gonna do a little calculation for you here. Um, I'm gonna take a guesstimate because I knew you were gonna ask me that. So I think in California we've at least put 500 through. Okay. And then if you add on top of that a small one we did in Hawaii. Um we did one in Paris. Do one in Brazil. Yeah, okay. We did three we did three in Brazil. Technically two. We did three seminars on that trip. One was for a one was uh with a police organization down there. So I, I think we're around seven hundred that have attended some form of MDL one.
2: Don't quote me exactly I- on the number. Don't worry, we will. The um, I think I've heard Greg throw a number out there. Greg Glassman throw a number like thirty 000 to forty thousand is his goal. Is that correct, or did I just make that up?
0: Um, I don't know that that is his goal of how many he wants to put through the MDL one. You might be thinking of his estimation is that we have twenty thousand CrossFitting positions. Maybe that's the, it in the United States. Yeah, and so you know, for as long as we can continue to hold the MDL one, I think he'd like to you know, get as many through there as possible. Um,
1: I'm not sure what, you know, I, I don't know if there's any actual target goal there. Okay. You, you, you did mention, you know, we find out as a staff members, the the pass-fail rate, is it higher amongst the MDL ones than it is amongst the general population? Um, You know, I don't, I hope, I don't,
0: Nicole or Bobby would be listening to this. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't know how much we're at liberty to, to even talk Okay. about. I, I could say, I could say they do very well, you know, because they 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 literally are they went to school for 12 years, you know. They're and doctors, so they, is what you're saying. They, well, I think that, that they're very very good at um obviously they're smart individuals because you have to have a certain level of intelligence just to get into medical school, but go beyond that, they are they're and they're excellent test takers and excellent students at studying and memorizing information. So
1: can, can you think back over the 700 people to one, I don't know this person, but can you think to one that came in, they're a doctor, they care about helping people. And there was some sort of really important light bulb moment for them when they're like, Oh shit, we can use this thing and really change the world. Yeah, that's interesting. There's a
0: number one, I found that the level of appreciation, the verbalized appreciation for the experience, like just people coming up to you afterwards and saying, wow, that was inspiring. It was mind blowing. Um, You know, there's a lot of that. Now, I don't know if I want to make sure I heard your question correctly. There's been a wide variety of responses as far as what people are actually doing once they leave you know we see doctors doing a number of different things around the country and around the world with as far as whether or not they're actually using that credential um and and kind of some of the ideas a lot of that stuff is still sort of uh it's new it's on the forefront like that that's a big question they have is how can we go use this um and i mean your question exactly i don't know. You know I know that they all want to figure out immediately how they're going to do it. And the great challenge is what do I do with this information? Because we're not, you know, you're, you're not prescribing CrossFit. You're not, you're not writing out a prescription for CrossFit. It's, uh, it's not that simple. So how they can integrate it is kind of one of the secondary things that I do on the back end is just as a liaison for these folks, I constantly get emails about, um, This group at this medical school wanting Greg to come speak, uh, different people wanting to start affiliates at medical schools. That's happening right now. We did have one young lady who was just, she was in residency. So med medical students and residents are allowed into the MBL one.
2: Oh, that's cool. Uh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. It's not like, I don't know if that's just an open invite. Like if all, you know, just, we could have 40 in one course, but it seems to be every couple seminars there is one or two. So we had one young lady that her plan is to immediately, that's what she wants to do. Her first form of practice is she wants to integrate uh, family medicine with some type of CrossFit affiliate. And I haven't spoken with her in a while, um, but that's exactly what she wants to do. And so who knows what it's all, you know. We've got everything from curriculum based uh, discussions we've had, like certain medical schools having an affiliate on site. We have, you know, the integration of family medicine and uh, CrossFit on location. You've got CrossFit Medicus 1 with Tom Siskron and his, uh, I can't remember his friend who he does it with, another doctor. Um, They have a virtual affiliate where they basically walk their, they walk their patients in who have various issues with chronic metabolic conditions. They take them by the hand literally and they walk them right into the affiliate. So there's a whole bunch of different stuff going on. That's
2: really cool. I, I didn't know the thing about the, um, the residents and the uh, med students. So I do have a question. So how does somebody – so I've got a resident, a doctor, a med school student who is interested. How do they go about getting their name in the hat for this?
0: Yeah, if they go to info at com and send an email there. Or okay. they can email – Actually, if they watch this, they can email me, Joe at CrossFitHealth.com. And okay. I, would put, I would put them in contact with um, – I'd put them in contact with the right people to get on um, – they all have a waiting list. But um, – and right now, because for obvious reasons, uh, our most recent one that we were going to have is on hold. But, um, yeah, so they – I mean, they could email me that, and I'd get them in contact with the, the right people to get on the wait list.
2: I'm, I'm probably going to send you a couple, just full disclosure. Like I got a couple, I've got ER doctors here who are getting crushed right now, but then I got another buddy who's an ER doctor in Texas who really wants to do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the ways you are seeing doctors? Have you seen any put it into practice? And I'd imagine it depends on their current practice and their current specialty, but what are some ways that you've seen doctors leave their MDL-1 and put it to good use? Yeah, I mean, well,
0: just gave you the one example of cross, I would look up CrossFit medicus one. That is a, that's a very clever idea. Cause they're a, um, one is a urologist and the other one is a, a reconst- facial reconstructive surgeon. Um, not just cosmetic, but you know, uh, does facial reconstruction for
1: like the dude who had his face eaten by a bear. Did you see that video? I didn't see the video, but I'm assuming, I'm assuming this is up this guy's alley. Yeah. It was on Joe. Joe Rogan was talking about it. And I figured you might have checked it out. I, that's, I just watched a, a bear attack
0: movie that gave me nightmares, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so that's a very clever idea. So Tom is an interesting guy to talk to. You know the table paper that exists like in every doctor's – like there's the table that you sit on and there's that –
2: That rollout what? like – it's like yeah, a yeah, big yeah. ass roll of like pant like paper towels
0: yes yeah what so, this, this guy this guy uses a marker and um he basically says to many of his patients okay i can it, it, depending on the issue of course i could give you i could write you a prescription for this issue but um there's also another path and he'll write out starting on the left side of that table paper with a marker he'll write out some you know, some basic biochemistry about how the body works in conjunction with what you're eating. Obviously, stuff that you guys know. Talks a little bit of insulin and glucagon. And, uh, and he takes the patient down the path of how that causes um, disease. Basically, writes them out the pathology of whatever their condition is. And then he writes them out a little bit of possible solution, which obviously deals with uh, diet and exercise. He rolls that table paper up like a scroll, and he hands it to them when they leave the office. That's which so is, awesome. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's so simple, but it's an amazing thing. So they have the opportunity to contact him and, um, and then he'll actually point them in the direction of an affiliate. And I think that's one of the most clever things I've seen so far. It's, it doesn't sound very complex, but makes it you know no less profound in the result. I think that when you hold that credential of a doctor, that carries a lot of weight. And uh, even though they do, they, That's a tough job and they face a lot of criticism. Um, I think a lot of people still respect that credential and when they speak, it does mean a lot. And so, um, you know, I, I know that for me personally, I have a lot of friends who are physicians and I reach out to them with questions all the time, especially if it's not in my wheelhouse. And so I think that a lot of these people feel more empowered because you guys know how good the content is at the level one. They feel more empowered to talk about um, the subject. And that doesn't necessarily mean with their patients. I think where they can do some of the greatest work is just leading by example in their communities, you know, at their, in their families, in their churches, at their country clubs, whatever, you know, uh, their softball leagues. I think that's where they can have some of the greatest influence. And um, cause you guys have both been at a dinner party before. And if anybody has any kind of medical question whatsoever, they ask the doctor at the table, even if he has no idea about that part of the body, you know, <laughs> I mean, this is, you know, um, so yeah, man, I, Jason, I, there's a, there's a bunch of examples, but all of that's so new at this point and they're trying to figure it out. I mean, um, you know, where that's actually gonna go in terms of practice, we don't know yet. Um, Sean Rockett's an orthopedic surgeon. Uh, you guys might know him.
2: I think he was on the CrossFit podcast, was he not, when they were doing that?
0: He was. Yep. And his, his wife, Rhonda, was a... She's, That's right. She, she was a physician and she... She left her
2: practice, her, right?
0: She left her practice. So essentially, she feels that she's you know, treating chronic disease, treating and preventing chronic disease um, as a, you know, uh, in her own affiliate. And uh, there was a woman very very recently at not the last mdl one but the one before who is planning on doing the the very same thing you know and and we want to be very clear about this greg always tells the doctors i don't think it would be a wise decision for all of you to just shut down your medical practice and open up (laughs) you know uh but there are a few out there that are talking about doing it you know but people change careers in life all the time even away
1: from a medical career so um yeah Is is Coach Glassman involved at every seminar?
0: So he always does a guest speaking uh, piece, generally on day two for about an hour. Um, Otherwise, he spends his time at the DDC, which is down the hallway. And that's where we, what he likes to call the messverts are speaking. So these would be doctors, authors, um, PhD researchers, investigative journalists, Who sort of specialize in the ills of modern medicine, and there's a—that's one big topic that has a lot of subtopics underneath it. So he bounces back and forth between the two.
2: I've got a question. So obviously you spend some time with the doctors. Uh, I'm assuming they do a social like you do at every level one.
0: Uh yeah yeah, and then there's there's a few technically. We have the normal beer social on. uh, When do we do that, Jim? Saturday. So long. (laughs) Saturday. Yeah. country shut down and then um, and then there's a dinner and uh and social again on on sunday night so
2: got it I w- i'm curious as to kind of what kind of insights some of these some of the doctors are giving you with regard to just what they're seeing in their practices and and how they're seeing crossfit effect. the reason i'm asking because we always have that that one ortho friend who throws something on instagram and is like thanks to crossfit for keeping my practice open you know and i'm like i don't buy that but um but what's the general consensus about because i think it's interesting and i think a lot of people that listen to what you said earlier about the buy-in aspect of that and that's always i mean i've had a fraction of the doctors uh, that i've dealt with in level ones that you have but that's always been my experience is that they are all in. They're just like, yeah, this, this makes total and, and
0: absolute sense, man. Absolutely. I, I think that I haven't heard any of that at all. I mean, the, you know, they're data people, they like data and studies. So the only question we'll get is, and at first we were like, is this confrontational where they'd say, what data do you have to show that, you know, CrossFit's not, uh, that CrossFit's not any more dangerous than anything else. And we realized to go, oh, they're not, they're not arguing with us. They just want data, you know, so that they can, because For they reference, are Yeah. In. Yeah. They are bought in. And so it's actually pretty amazing. I can think of, of the hundreds of now that I've interacted with, um, man, I, there's hardly any that are not completely bought in, uh, when it comes to this idea of that, it's a, it's an orthopedically safe thing to do. Um, and uh yeah i mean you just don't run into it hardly at all i mean they're crossfitters and so they're not going to be doing it themselves if they find an inherent risk with it it's any greater than any other exercise that's
2: the the data aspect is interesting because i um have you met dr yuri fato he's a buddy of mike g's and Um, i think he's been to one of the ddcs but he's uh, he's not a medical doctor he's uh i think he his doctorate is in exercise science or physiology or something like that but he um he has one of the only kind of longstanding uh, CrossFit injury studies. And then they're getting ready to publish a second one here, like in the next couple of months. And I'm, and he was on the podcast and he kind of alluded to the results that they saw. So I think when that comes out, that'll be very, very interesting for people to look at. So um, yeah. for any doctors that have questions, just that should be out here probably in the next couple of months, I would imagine.
0: You know, that reminds me too. I'm going to have to share with you guys. I'll I'll look it up as soon as I'm done. I got an email from, a one of our MDL one docs from Brazil. It wasn't at the seminar we did in Brazil. He was a, a Brazilian uh, physician and I was talking to him in Santa Cruz and he actually himself uh, has a a, a, a very large paper with I uh, I can't remember the number of subjects and what the duration of the study was, but it's, it seems to be a very significant uh, You know body of evidence to suggest once again the same thing that we know it's not any more dangerous than than any other type of rigorous uh, sport or exercise so i'll look that up because he sent that to me recently
2: the other question i had because i because and this one is super contentious is we all know that there's no shortage of affiliates slash doctors who are using exercise and nutrition specifically the crossfit protocol with regard to nutrition to reverse type 2 diabetes. Have you guys how many if any of doctors have you had that come through that are that is that there? And obviously this is to be done responsibly. You can't just take somebody off of insulin and their medication for that. But are there a lot of doctors that are coming through that are dealing with that specifically that are seeing this reversal and that you know have people that are type 2 diabetics that are managing that with food versus insulin?
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't, I haven't got like we haven't had just droves of doctors coming through and saying like, hey, this is exactly what we're seeing. But you know, I would point people towards uh, the work that Verta Health has done. They're friends of ours. Are you guys familiar with Verta? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they've got, I mean, gosh, they have over a thousand reversals of type two diabetes with uh, the reduction of medication. I witnessed one myself, I can't share the lady's name, but she signed, uh, she signed paperwork so that myself, as her CrossFit trainer, her Verta Health physicians, her Verta Health health coach, and her family physician, we all had access to be able to share, uh, this happened here in Omaha, we had access to be able to share, you know, I, I could look at her I could look at her labs. I could look at everything. Uh, that was kind of part of the deal. Um, within two months, this woman was off of Medformin, you know, and it was three days a week of CrossFit at a local affiliate and, uh, a Verta health counselor who essentially for, you know, just to simplify it, they had her on a ketogenic diet. That's what it was. And, uh, just like that, you know, the meds, um, came off and this is under doctor supervision, but. Uh, how long you know, has so, she
2: been on metformin? Has she like? Has she been a type two diabetic for a long time, or?
0: I think for a couple of years. I mean, okay. she was definitely she'd been overweight for a long time, so sh- there's no question she'd been insulin resistant for mm-hmm. quite a while. Um, now, you know that's 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 a big topic of debate. When are you actually diabetic? Um, you got to base that off the blood glucose, but you can be if insulin's doing its job, you can be pre-diabetic for a long, long time. So, um, yeah, she had struggled for years. I think she'd been on medication for a little over a year. And then within a few months of, you know, CrossFit plus her, uh, you know, the the purchase of the Verta Health Program and then working with her, her family physician who is a CrossFitter. I didn't mention that. Okay. So it really helped there. That was, a, that was quite the teamwork that we had. As far as, you know, myself, her doctor happened to be a CrossFit physician and she signed up with Verta. Um, that was a potent thing. I,
2: so for people that are not familiar with Verta, can you, I mean, I know we don't, actually, I don't know. We, we don't have any, when I say we, CrossFit doesn't have any official relationship with him to my knowledge. But can you kind of explain to people like what that is?
0: Yeah, so Virta Health is, uh, it's, it's run by physicians. The, the man that started the company was is a tech guy. Um, and it's a, it's a program where if I could break it down, uh, as simple as possible, you're paying a monthly fee for a, uh, a consult with a physician who's ultimately looking at your blood work and looking at what medications you're on. Um, and then, you know, looking at any, looking at your glucose levels, looking at all, uh, possible health metrics. And then that doctor has a health coach that's underneath them. The health most of the health coaches come from a background as as dietitians or personal trainers, and that health coach is having a daily correspondence with um, with the Verta Health client. And uh, yeah, they're essentially it's a it's a health coach. Essentially, means a you know a kind of a personalized nutrition coach. So they're measuring blood ketones, they're measuring blood sugar. The health coach can see that, the doctor can see it. Most of the work that the client does is with that health coach. And then the doctor is the one that ultimately is sort of reviewing the result. Like what what are the changes in in, um, blood sugar levels? What are the changes in insulin levels? And so then of course the doctor is the one to ultimately um, make the decision in conjunction with that person's family physician about whether to pull off on the medication or not. So, so this
2: is, this is done virtually. This doesn't have to be geographically.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's not, it's all done through an app actually. That's The majority of it's done through an app and there's phone calls involved as well. So yeah, they're pretty, pretty cool company. We don't have any official relationship with them, but they're uh, they're friends of ours and
1: um, they've had a couple of their doctors speak at the DDC. So you mentioned earlier that Coach Glassman talks on day two for about an hour. As the Flowmaster, how much does that stress you out? Knowing he might talk for an hour, but he also might talk for three, and and still getting all the content done by you know four o'clock or so to to administer the test.
0: You know, I think the longest we've actually gone over is like fifteen minutes. So um, we plan ahead for it. You know, we make there's tricks of the there's tricks of the trade as you guys know and um and we do it in a way where you know none of the content gets uh watered down i mean we uh we do some things like old school we truncate some of the discussion pieces in the station rotation so we move a little quicker uh through you know snatch and muscle up um so we we've got clever ways of dealing with it and then fortunately lunch is usually on location so we take a little bit of time
1: off that. <laughs> hey, do you, so, you've never had to give Coach Glassman the old wrap up signal? Oh, uh, dude, you know that. Yeah, like I would ever do that. You know who messes with me every
0: time, though, is while it's happening, uh, Dave always walks up to me and gives me a nudge on the elbow and basically says, It's still going to be your fault if you go over and you know something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, the other thing that happens, and Fern's asking the real questions, I'm asking the fun ones as as typical, but from what I understand, Saturday night there's typically a fun party that goes on. How crazy do these doctors get?
0: It's Sunday night. the,
1: the oh, it's, it's Sunday. Night.
0: It's
2: post test. Yeah. That's important.
0: So, do did, did the yeah. doctors let loose? You know, they it's definitely a good time, but they're they're professional, so not, there's been no shenanigans, you know, that I'm aware of. So it's, it's it's a it's a good time. You know, actually, it's funny that you say that. I know I'm getting a lot of questions from you guys, and I I always. All of us always want to give more detailed um, answers to to some of these things about where is this all going to go and what different doctors are doing, but one of Greg's visions for this was to be very hands off and just kind of see where it goes, very much like the early level ones was kind of his where there's a bunch of hangarounds, you know, like you back in the day you go to a level one and you see <laughs> the same people showing up. And, um,
2: that's how Jake got on staff. Eventually just showed up enough. Times. Just like, God, up. He's like a booger. Yeah, you can't right. get off your finger.
0: Exactly. Right. So, um, but to that point, um, I think one of the biggest benefits like to the party, there's actually a lot of really good things happening there. You know, it's a good time when people are relaxing and hanging out, but the, the networking aspect I think is one of the simple, but profound, uh, positive things that the, the MDL one and the DDC really does. I mean, just like we've all made these long lasting relationships uh, that we've sort of found through CrossFit and different events. I I really believe that that's what's happening right now with a lot of these doctors and and our guest speakers is it's an, it's an the networking of very smart, very passionate, like-minded people, you know? So um, yeah, they party, but uh, I think there's actually some functionality to it, you know?
2: Speaking of the networking aspect to it, Pat and I, dove into this a little bit, but the launch of the, I forget what the title, but it's a, it's the
0: physicians the, network,
2: the physicians, the physicians network on CrossFit.com. Yep. So if you're looking for a yep. physician that is CrossFit minded, you can go on .com and like look locally in your area. So.
0: Yep. Yeah. We just had a, we just had a phone call about that earlier. So we're now that it's live. One of the things that we're doing is trying to kind of categorize, you know, which of these doctors, uh, you know, what is it, why are they on the physician's network? We gathered some of that data through games information. Um, obviously we want to be able to tell people, well, here's a doctor that does CrossFit, but then we could further designate that eventually into this doctor, not only does CrossFit, but they also attended, um, they've also attended a level one. This one's attended a level one. This one over here has attended an MDL one and not that any of those things, um, mean anything of importance one over the other but it's just the more information we can get out there uh the better and so that's what we're working on firm
1: what else you got for joe
2: i think that's it i mean those are the questions that i had those are the questions that i typically get from physicians that i know or people that have because anytime somebody mentions the mdl1 people will like what is it like who gets to go like how does it work is it different you know like are they is it are they having like a you know, a scalpel and they're going through anatomy, but no, it's, it's the same. It's the exact same course that everybody else goes to. That's it. I mean, it's the,
0: there's a a little bit extra that goes on. I think that, you know, I'm sure that they enjoy, um, some extra perks, if you will, um, the networking element, but, um, it's very much, it's exactly, it's the same staff that you might end up with at, uh, at any other course. And, um, you know, yeah,
1: it they get the same awesome product that you two put out when you're out there. Although I think it seems to me from a distance that the only time Julie Foucher works is during these MDL ones.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well she's a doctor. Yeah, she is yeah, a doctor.
0: So. Yeah, and again I think that's not even so much about Julie's knowledge base, uh that's exceptional in medicine and exceptional in CrossFit, but it's sort of the the fact that the CrossFit motto, she's got knowledge in both areas. And then um what a role model, right? She's a role model for, um, she's a role model for what we want all of our health providers to be. I mean, if you're going to be out there telling people uh, on a daily basis um, how to take care of themselves, uh, nobody does it as, as well as her. So it just makes sense.
1: Well, hopefully Fern and I can make it out there. We've met quite a few people that attend the DDC regularly. You know Ron Torrance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's been yeah. on the show. I met him threw Nunu randomly in Tampa and then I had him on the show. He's a good dude. He like yeah. loves those dude. Like it's their highlight of their you know quarter or however often you're having them.
0: Yeah. There's a good handful of, you know, there's a good handful of folks that I see at every single one of them. So, um, you know, I, uh, I can give you some of their names. They'd probably be a good guests for it as well.
2: What's the f- right. uh, last thing. What's the frequency on those? I know they're not, they're not every weekend, like roughly.
0: It start, there was there was one a month for a while and then it spread out now to, it was kind of like at a rate of once a month and then a, at a rate of every other month and then some clusters here and there where we do. Okay. You know, but I would say
1: right now we're kind of looking at about one a quarter, so probably four a year.
0: Got it. Okay.
1: All right. Um, Last question. Nothing to do with the MDL one. Back to parenthood. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Here we go. It's quarantine. I don't know how Nebraska is, but. Colorado's on lockdown. Virginia's, are you on official lockdown, Fern, or just gyms?
2: No, all non-essential businesses are closed.
1: Non-essential. Nebraska, how you guys
0: doing? Somewhere in between. So there's mandates here, like they're really enforcing. Uh, if you are in groups of more than, if you're in a group of more than ten, that gets busted up pretty quick. So it's like all uh, most non-essential businesses are shut down, but there's some loopholes here and there, like you can have some little sports facilities that train kids and they can be open as long as they're not past, you know, 10 people. So we're kind of somewhere in between uh, Mexico city and,
1: um, and Italy as far as doing
0: (laughs) (laughs) nothing to shut down, doing everything to shut down. All right.
1: Well, this is a very easy, not easy question, but not, not complex. All right. You're, you're taking care of Cruz, you know, Libby's I assume still out on the streets doing her thing during this. If, you if better specify. A, you better specify what she does for a living.
2: <laughs> that, yeah, that didn't sound great. I didn't
1: know. I didn't know if you guys were comfortable putting it out there. That's why I said it I, like that. No, it's, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, I was a yeah she's a police officer. She's a police officer. So I didn't. She's I didn't out, know if you put that out, out there. She's out on the streets making that money for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> But I, What are the what's the Mount Rushmore of eighties movies that parents need to be watching with their kids during this time?
2: Ooh.
1: Oh, oh, man! I know toughest question I, you've gotten. We need another ten minutes. But <laughs> let's just, uh, well, Top Gun's a given. Um, what else did I tell you he watched the other day? What did that was what, Back to the Future Two. I don't know if I'd put that on the Mount Rushmore. Maybe Back to the Future. No,
0: Back to the Future. Back to the Future, to the future sure. Two is terrible. One is good. Yeah. Um,
1: we did Big Trouble in Little
0: China.
2: Ooh, yes. oh
0: yes kurt russell huh
2: yeah that's great
0: yeah yeah um yeah so i mean you're going specific like what movie what 80s movies right
1: Oof. well i mean you fern and i were all about the same age you know give or take so we grew up on the same movies i'd say what really what movies from our generation i'll, I'll give you a couple examples feel free to use them yeah i get, i would give you at least these two breakfast club which might be a little too mature yeah, for Cruz. Yeah, he's just too young. Vision Quest. Ooh.
0: So I was think, so get this, Jason. I was thinking about having him watch Vision, Vision Quest before Wrestling Districts a few weeks ago. But isn't there a scene where the where yeah. Loudon Swain yes. like yes, picks up ladies' yes. underwear and
1: yeah, I I, uh, I so I was like, man, maybe I should hold off a couple more years. On that
0: one. <laughs> he uh,
1: he winds up having sex with the girl, but then they're eating pizza in the car. Oh, cool. We can yeah. say that on
0: here. I wasn't sure. I didn't know how many yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't okay, think so- any
2: ten year olds listen to this podcast.
1: So so Vern, do you have any <laughs> examples? Goonies. That was oh, that yeah. was the next one I would have went with, yeah. yeah. So you've so- got you gotta do Goonies, you've gotta do all three
0: uh Indiana Jones films.
2: For sure. For My, sure. I'll we'll put that as
0: one. That'll be one. I feel really good about this. He actually he watched uh, National Treasure, like two or three of those films okay he had already seen all three indiana jones films and he goes dad and this made me just this is my proudest moment as a father because (laughs) he goes even though uh the indiana jones movies are a lot older than the national treasure ones because at some point i told him that they're kind of similar you know in terms of theme uh archaeologists right he goes the Indiana Jones films, I think they're a lot better. And I was just like, oh, thank God. Thank God. I, <laughs> thank National God. Friend, it's just garbage. Uh, God, what else do we have? Throw them out I there. mean, you
1: might want to lump in like the Star Wars trilogy. I don't that was going to
2: say it's Star oh, Wars. So
1: does that count as one? Yeah, we'll go Indiana Jones so. is one. Star Wars is one. Top Gun. For sure. And then what's the last one are we going with? Well, back I mean, to, back the, to the future. Yeah. <laughs> Man, and again, that could be a full trilogy two and three aren't great but they're still entertaining like Karate Cruz would like them Karate mm. Kid starts I war. got
2: a lot of flack for this recently because I said if you go back and watch Karate Kid now mm. it's good because of there's nostalgia attached to it but that is an awful movie
0: well so yeah it
2: is <laughs> Like everything about it is awful. You're just like the the acting is bad, the story the story the the, the story arc is not the great. Like all there's a lot of things. I'm like, man, this movie really sucks. I'm kinda of disappointed about this.
0: Well, I mean I mean you can't really complain about the acting. It's a documentary, so um <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh so Rocky's in there.
2: Ooh, yeah, yeah there you go. You okay. can't
1: go wrong with that, yeah. Nope. Uh um, all right. Well fern's gotta run Joe, we appreciate your time here. If you're a doctor, yeah, dude, thank and you, you. And you've listened, Joe at CrossFitHealth.com. dot com. He he dropped that earlier in this show. If you missed it, and then of course you can always reach out to us and we'll we'll push you in the right direction. But Joe, appreciate your time. Thanks for all you do in the in the world. And and like we said in the beginning, although you're very insignificant to most, to us, you're very significant.
2: Top of the heap. Top oh. of
0: the heap. Oh. Wow, that's I'm gonna my self-esteem is just skyrocketing.
1: I'm (laughs) glad we had this phone call. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. And thanks again to our special guest. We appreciate all you guys do for us with best hour of their day when it comes to sharing our posts on Instagram, when it comes to subscribing to us on YouTube, when it comes to the constant feedback, we are grateful and we appreciate it. We are trying to build a community based on coaching development and becoming the best version of yourself. And it goes without saying that we couldn't do without all of you. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Season one of Dropping In is out. We are getting tremendous feedback and we'd love for you to check it out leave us a comment on there, head over to our Instagram, give us a follow, like our pictures, feel free to share anything that resonates with you. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback for us, please don't hesitate. Email us best hour of their day at gmail.com. Thanks again. Until the next episode, we hope you've had the best hour of your day.